Well, all the ingredients are here, aren't they? A very much informed lower league team. Is this the chance? It is the chance, and it's the goal that they create. And scores it! David Bale puts his name up in lights and Wembley. Which has been in chaos off the pitch. Hello and welcome to Inside the Change Room. Today we're joined by a man who started his youth career at Middlesbrough. He went on to play for Spennymore, Whitby Town, Scarborough and York before he joined Barnet in 2007. He went on to join Notts County where he won promotion in his first season. He then went on to Blackpool and Scunthorpe. He then joined Mansfield where he was his last club. We are joined today by Neil Bishop. Neil, thank you ever so much for coming on, mate. No problem, Nath. No, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah, joined as ever by Jacob as well. Um, Jacob, we've done a little bit of research at the start and you won't be happy that Neil scored against your yeah. side. To, <laughs> that. to yeah. make the, uh, yeah, Neil, Jacob's an Oxford fan, so you, 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 oh, yeah. you wouldn't have made him very happy scoring that winning goal. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Case it was, so. mate, yeah, yeah. Well, talking yeah. about, about going back, back. Um, yeah, it all started at Middlesbrough for you, didn't it? Um, that's where you first kind of broke into football. What what made you get in? What made you get into football? Obviously, my dad was a big fan. He played. Um, he played a bit. I think he played a couple of times for Sheffield United reserves back in the day. And obviously, being a Stockton lad on Teesside, group supporting Middlesbrough and um, <clears throat> played local football, Stockton West Ends, and then obviously as it was back then, it was school of excellences. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the academy system what it is now and just got invited down to train signed uh, a deal and I think I was there I was 16 um, obviously Middlesbrough being my club it was a dream you know dream growing up to, to go and play for your hometown club which which obviously I never did but um, you know it, um, it it was it was enjoyable and, and something I'd always dreamed of to, to play for Middlesbrough but like I said it never happened but you know I was there probably six five, six years as a kid and, and like I say the experiences and coaching I got was, was, was invaluable and it's probably stood me in good stead for my career Yeah, like you said you were released by Middlesbrough um, you went down to the local side Billingham Town where I think research suggests that you uh, you ended up appearing in one game alongside your, your brother and your dad um, yeah. I, bet, I bet that was a bit of a surreal moment for you wasn't it? Yeah, well when I left Middlesbrough obviously I was 16 you know it's a, it's a difficult age and I was I was distraught to be honest. Obviously, they were more hometown club and, and the team. I, I, I just I could always envisage myself playing for. So when that happened, I just I wouldn't say I fell off the rails. I just I just didn't fancy playing football for anyone. So it was probably a year, eighteen months where I just I just didn't bother. You know, not even not even I had a chance to go to Darlington. And as you do, obviously Middlesbrough, Newcastle, some of the big clubs up there. If you get released from there, then they tend to take you into Hartlepool or Dallas, and I had a chance to go to both of them clubs. And I just, like I say, I just wasn't interested, um, not at all. Like I say, it knocked me hard. And then I, I literally started back up playing just with my mates, five sides, um, soccer sensei, or goals, whatever it is now. Um, got some, literally Sunday morning pub football, just again, just back with my mates, and then, and then started back up on a Saturday. And yeah, Billingham Town were, were, were good to me. And I think, I think it was a midweek game, that game. Um, a place called Tauloit in the middle of nowhere. Boy, it's it's got its own climate. It's a strange old place. And then, like you say, I think we were just short of players for work commitments. Obviously, a lot of the boys worked. And my dad, being a player, decided to step in and my younger brother as well. So we, we all travelled up there and got a call of the managers. And my dad said, yeah, yeah, borrowed a pair of boots. 
I think we managed to get a draw as well. I think we, I think we got out there with a one-one, two-two. But it's nice. an experience, and there's a picture of my dad's house actually of all three of us um, after the game. So yeah, it's one, it's one, it's one to tell my boy about in the future. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, you, like you said about um, kind of going back, and you weren't you weren't too fussed about taking it seriously. Um, I mean, you then took the choice to move on to Gateshead, um, where obviously Gateshead people know that they're they're a pretty good football club. Um, at what at what stage then, after you then left Birmingham Town, went to Gateshead? At what stages do you think actually, you know what? I, I don't want to just kind of play with my mates. Let let's kind of take it a little bit more seriously now. Yeah, well, like um, it was Gary Gill, and he was obviously an ex Middlesbrough player, the manager at the time, and, and someone I'd watched growing up. Um, yeah, and obviously respected. Um, he met me, took me up there, um, and like I say, I, I really enjoyed it there. Obviously, it ended. Quite quickly, I think they had money troubles and, and Gary yeah. left, and it was a bit it was a bit all up in the air. But even at that point, I was still turning out on a Sunday morning. Um, I was because I, I just loved it. I loved I loved playing the, the rules of social club. It was, and it was proper pub football. I mean, but we had some really good players. I mean, at the time, though, it was it was it was a big thing. The Sunday league up there was was, was still a big thing, and all the best non-league players basically played for the Rules were for the Blackhorn. So it was really good. And like I say, we used. <laughs> Used to go back in the road to social club at the end of, after on the Sunday afternoon. The proper old man's working social club. They used to get in there. They used to be beer tokens on the door. They used to, you might not believe this, but they still used to have strippers on stage. They used to have a comedian on us on once a month on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, a proper old school Sunday club. But it was Brilliant. I loved it. So I, I just even when I went there to spend it with that, I, I just played until basically until I went full time at um, at Scarborough. I was still playing on a Sunday morning. Just like to say because. It's weird, but that's how I sort of got my got my enjoyment back and the love for the game. Just, just playing with my mates and really enjoying it again. Just right back to basics. I mean, like you said, you went professional and you started taking it seriously with Scarborough. But like just before then as well, you played for both Spennymoor and Whitby Town. To sum up sort of that time in your career as well, and whether you thought at the time that you could make it like into a real professional living. Um, well, again, I, I, probably at Spennymoor, not so much. I mean, we won. I think we won the Unibon League. What it what was the Unibond League? I'm not sure what what guys it's in now, and that was good. Uh, Jamie Pollock again, an ex Middlesbrough footballer, was manager. Uh, Nicky Moan, ex Middlesbrough player, played, and we, and we had some really good players, and we, and we got promoted from that league. Um, Whitby, obviously, I start. Uh, Whitby was again another move up, but and I, I was I was really enjoying it. Um, there was rumours of people coming down. I think a couple of Scottish clubs were coming down to watch me, but. You know, I never really took it too much seriously until I actually, you know, there's actually someone calls you up and says there's an offer on the table. And like I say, the first time uh, someone did that was Scarborough. And that, that, that basically forced me to sit and have a think about it, to be honest, because although it was only the conference, it was full time. And at the time I, I had a job, it was only for a double glazing company, window fit. But it was, it was a decent wage, you know, and I was picking up good money, playing part time. I just got my first house. So it was a big decision. So financially, I'd have been losing out. But, you know, after missing out on Middlesbrough as a kid, I just thought it's going to have to be somewhere I'm going to have to just at least try and see. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. At least I know I've gave it a go and I can look at myself in the mirror and, you know, I'll be able to put it in the bed. But I think if I, if I didn't take that, that chance, um, it'd have always been in the back of my mind. So, like I say, uh, I gave it a go and fortunately it worked out for me. Yeah, like you said, Neil, you signed for Scarborough full-time in March 2005. Um, obviously, there wasn't too long until the end of the season, but the following season, um, you were made captain. I mean, at a young age, how was that kind of responsibility for you um, 
being being captain of a, of a full-time football club, obviously not being a full-time for, for that long at that point. Yeah, it was a strange one because um, it was obviously a lot, a lot of players in the dressing room were older than me. Um, but the gaffer just said, look, the way, the way you play, the way you are, the way you are as a person, I, I think you're the right choice. I think he made uh, a lad called Steve Baker, um, a good friend of mine. He was club captain. He, again, an ex-Middlesbrough Premier League club captain. So to get the... Um, to get the to, to get obviously, captain the team was, was a massive honour. But, you know, from day one, I just... I thought, well, he gave it to me for a reason, so there's no real point in me changing, uh, changing the way I was. I didn't really change anything, do anything differently. Um, obviously, I enjoyed being captain. It, it was a massive one, but I just thought he's gave me it for the way I am, so there's no point in changing and doing anything different. But, yeah, it was a big honour. And like I say, what I, what I thoroughly didn't expect, but again, I, I think I you know, really enjoyed and Like I say, it was, just, it, was, it, was, it was a great thing. Probably one of my first big achievements in the game. I mean, then January 2006 rolls around. He signed for York City. How did that move come about? Well, again, um, I knew they were interested in um, Scarborough and financial difficulties. Um, and I, ju- I just got a phone call saying early January, saying, would you be interested? Uh, obviously, York were a bigger club. Uh, I'd got to that point, like I said, going full-time, I was going to give it my all. And uh, I know it sounds n- not very loyal, but I-, I wanted to kick on. You know what I mean? I wanted to get in York were in the playoffs, I think, around about that area. They were much high position in Scarborough anyway and I just I just wanted to go um, they were a big club um, obviously a former league club as Scarborough but the fan base and everything I just I just thought it was a progression um, like I said there'd been interest from from a couple of league clubs at the time but again nothing formal and so it, but it dragged on and I think it was only the last couple of days of January it got completed but it was a move I wanted to make and again fortunately for me uh, one that worked out yeah, just talking of the playoffs, you actually scored the winning goal against Michael of Oxford to make the playoffs. Um, but unfortunately, you ended up losing to Morecambe. Uh, it's also like the Clubman of the Year. Sum up the, sort of that season and as a young player, what were your emotions around the playoffs at that time as well? Yeah, it was obviously fantastic. I thought we, we had a really good team, the likes of Clayton Donaldson, Andy Bishop, um, I'm David McGurk. There was a lot of lads in that team who went on to play football league. Um, so we had a really, we had a really good team. Darren Craddock, uh, Hartlepool, um, really good, really good team, really good professionals. Billy McEwen was a manager. A manager I thought was really good. Actually, I really enjoyed working under him. He was, he was firm. He was, he was strict, but really enjoyed it. And to miss out against Morecambe, obviously. Well, we'll go on to that, but I've never had much luck in the playoffs through my career. But it was, it was disappointing. It was massively disappointing. Um, we got a good. I think we got a draw there in the first leg. Um, I mean, it's that long ago. I've probably blocked it from my memory, but it, it was disappointing because we we we, we, uh, we we thought we had the momentum going into it, and, and we and we all were confident to get to Wembley at, at the very minimum. But it didn't work out, unfortunately. Yeah, as well. I mean, you'd just before signing for Barnet in two thousand and seven, after making that playoff final, you turned down a new contract from York. Was the interest from Barnet something you'd known about for a while before making the move? Yeah, um, well, the manager was um, manager of the England C team, which is the England non-league team. Um, uh, Paul Fairclough, isn't it? Yeah, Paul Fairclough, and yeah. I went to play for I went to play for England in that summer, and he mentioned it. Would I be interested? I I, I heard again a few whispers, and obviously, yeah, I was because again it was it was another step up. We, uh, if we'd have got to the football league with York. I'd have probably stayed there, probably ninety percent certain I'd have stayed there, but we didn't. And again, because of getting into the football league or getting into professional football, should I say, so late, I was I was in a rush to make up time and, and, and try and get up the leagues as quickly as I could, and, and that was just an opportunity. Again, I couldn't turn down financially. 
I wasn't again. It wasn't a financial move because I wasn't really any better off. I was relocating to obviously expensive part of the world down there. Uh, I went to Potter's Barn, stayed there. But it was a move, like I say. It was just the way I looked at it. They were in the football league, and, and I I wasn't with York, so it was a move I, I wanted to make. Yeah. Let's just talk about that game against Morecambe for a second. Would you say? that game, seeing as you lost, had an impact on whether you were going to stay at York as a whole and also what were your emotions sort of in your viewpoint actually during that game as well? Yeah, I think, like I say, I think we would have gotten to Wembley and got, I think Morecambe got promoted that year. I, I can't do another play in the final, but they went on and got promoted. Obviously, first chance I've missed out on Wembley. Um, I was just, obviously, during the game, it was, it, I mean, it was great. I remember there was, there was a full house there. The atmosphere was fantastic. And like I say, we were all confident going into the game. It didn't work out, and again, it, it probably knocked me for six. And the, probably the only thing that stopped me from getting really down and, and, and depressed about it was this. Um, I had this tournament, the Four Nations tournament, Scotland, Wales, England, and, um, and Ireland that was going on in the summer. And so I, I got straight into that and had a good. Um, I, I played every game in that, apart from the, the Scotland game. We won that. Um, and then Paul Fairclough, obviously, before I went, mentioned it, that they're definitely making me an offer. And again, so that, that was the boost that I needed to probably get over that mark and get. And so you mentioned a second ago as well, you having to relocate from the north and moving to London for the first time. Looking back, how easy of a transition was that for you as a young player? Um, it was quite difficult, to be honest. Um, like I said, I've never, never been away from one before. York, there was always a good northeast car school I used to commute down. Um, so when I was got to York I was getting to the weekend and I was, I was still coming home after a home game I'd drive all the way back up and it, I wouldn't get home till about 9 o'clock half 9 and then wow. it'd probably be about 3 oh yeah I was just like I say I, I struggled to be honest with being away from home being away from friends and family I was down there on my own um, and then I'd just travel back later on a Sunday night um, for training Monday because um, obviously I, I um, obviously I, I it would have been too much of a gamble to travel on the Monday morning with traffic and, and stuff. So it was probably less than 24 hours at home. But, you know, I was just, it, it was a transition which I found quite hard, to be honest. But, you know, I, it, it was just something I thought I had to do if I'm going to progress my career. And like I say, eventually the homesickness stopped and, you know, I was getting home less and less frequently. People were coming down. I, I eventually got myself my own, rented a place down there so people were coming down to see me. And I'd say, I'd say it probably took a good six, seven months for me to feel really settled down there. And like I said, the commute home is not one that you can keep doing because it's probably, what, three, three and a half, four hours from there on a, on a Saturday night. Um, but like I say, it was just it was just all the transition of being away from home for the first time. Yeah, and like you say about um, obviously moving away from home into the Football League with Barnet, how would you kind of sum up that first season with, with Barnet being away from home and uh, well, being in the Football League? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a new experience, and like I say, the the crowds are bigger, the, the teams are bigger. Um, I, I just I, I really loved it, to be honest. I think um, I wanted to play three, four times a week because the only time I was really homesick is when I, I left the training ground, got back, I was on my own, I was um, um, sort of bordering with someone. I, I just had a, basically a bedroom to myself, so that, that's when the homesickness kept in. When I was at the training ground and playing games, I absolutely loved it. Um, it was just the times away from the training ground that, that I found really difficult and, and away from match days but you know that soon passed like I say it's all part of growing as a, as a person and uh, once I get used to it I really enjoyed it and like I said just, it was a new challenge um, the older I've got I just I love a challenge and that, and that was just that was the moving in the homes that, that was all just part of it and like I say it is after a while and like I say I thoroughly again you, you learn every you learn every day and I, I learned a lot from, from that first season of Barnet definitely I mean, yeah, during your time at Barnet Neil, um, it was quite an interesting one, wasn't it? Was that you kind of 
you handed in a transfer request, request, then you were asked to, to be taken off the transfer list, then you were made captain. So it was kind of a whirlwind of bit of inf- uh, emotions for you during your time. But like you say, was that kind of all all part of the experience and you, you ended up ended up taking those experiences to help you further on in your career? Yeah, like I said, I was probably a bit impetuous with the transfer request again as uh, there was there was people sniffing around from from league one uh, and again like I said I think it, it wasn't it was just because I'd got in a football so late and I, and I felt yeah. I, I felt I was making up time all the time and I thought okay your career only lasts so long I thought if there's an opportunity for me again to go to the next level I want to take it so I thought oh, I'm going to push this through and they wouldn't let me go it, I was probably wrong looking back it was probably young yeah. and I wanted to get I wanted to crack on and, and get up there like I say from if I got into football 1920 and played a lot of league games, maybe my mindset would have been different, but I always felt I was against the clock and maybe I had a bit of chip on my shoulder that I hadn't played any league games before then and I was desperate to prove people wrong, desperate to get them through the leagues. Um, but like I say, in hindsight, I was probably wrong because everyone was really good to me down at Barnet. And I was glad I stayed for an extra season, like I said, I was made captain. Um, and like I say, it's a club which, which taught me a lot going forward. Yeah, because Neil, obviously... A lot of people kind of at that time would have seen it as that you like, oh, he's just handed in, he's handed in transfer requests, he's kind of throwing his toys out of the pram, he don't want to be or whatever. But at the same time, a lot of footballers, like there is absolutely no reason why a footballer should not be denied the chance of playing at the highest level if, if possible. And I think it goes back to like the perfect example here would be like Jamie Vardy. Obviously, Jamie got into football very, very late, but he didn't stay, he didn't stay at that clubs too long because he just wanted to play at the highest possible level and there's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, I don't think so. Look, I've been around long enough and I've seen it at clubs at a time. If a, if a club doesn't want you, I mean, I've been fortunate enough through my career, it's not really happened, to be honest. I've either left at the end of the season at the end of the contracts, but yeah. I've seen managers come in and they don't want players, they'll, they'll, they'll make them train with the kids, they'll make them come in on an afternoon when they, well, the rest of the first team's gone. So loyalty is a two-way street. You know, you, you can ask it off player, I know supporters, I'm a supporter, I see, I, I, I watch Middlesbrough, I think he doesn't want to be man. But you've got, it, 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 there's, always, there's always two sides to a story and seeing from players, you know, I've seen what certain clubs do to players to try and get them out the door. Um, and it's a short career. It, it, it's a, it's a very short career. I'm, I'm 38 now, and it just it's gone like that. Honestly, it's 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 so short. So I don't think there's wrong with ambition. I, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as it's done in the right way. Like I say, I probably didn't do it the right way then. Um, but like I say, I, I thought I had time to make up, and so that was that was basically my excuse for that. But no, look, there's nothing wrong with ambition, and if it's done right and for the right reasons, I, I think it's a, a good quality for people to have that they want to bet themselves, they want to get on, and it's the same in any career. If you want to progress and kick on, that's usually a, a quality that people like to see. I mean, yeah, looking at the beginning of that 2008-2009 season, the team adds. Uh, a fairly difficult start to the season. I mean, I was just reading a run of 13 games about a win, which resulted in manager Paul Fairclough resigning. What was sort of your reaction to the news of his resignation at the time? And sort of what was the atmosphere actually inside the dressing room like at the time? Um, obviously, I was disappointed because he was the one who took me to the football club and I, and I had a fairly good relationship with him. But, um, I mean, 13 games without a win, when the news broke, it was it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was expected, but it, it certainly wasn't a shock because obviously on that type of run, you're probably just waiting. You're waiting. You're just waiting to hear that news. Um, 
and it was it was a disappointing start. I think obviously Barnett didn't have one of the, didn't have a great budget in League Two. Surviving in League Two was always going to be their aim, but obviously the way we started, it, it wasn't much of a shock. Uh, obviously Ian Hendon eventually took over, and again he was um, he didn't have the best of times. But as a guy and and as a former professional, I had nothing but respect for for Endo because, um, like I say, in difficult circumstances, he. he, he um, we didn't go down, and that, and that was a, that was a big achievement that season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Ian Hendon comes in. Uh, he's given eventually the permanent role as manager at the end of the season after he sort of turned the tide a bit, and the results started improving. Obviously, like you said, you ended up staying up. What was it about him and his management? Do you think that allowed you to sort of turn the tide and make that change and gain safety in the league? Yeah, I think it was just a fresh voice. Obviously, he'd been there as a system, but you can only have so much input. Um, Obviously, Paul had been a fair club for being around a long time, and maybe if you, I don't know, maybe if you're around too long, your message stops getting through. You know, people are hearing the same voice every day. Um, so it was just a fresh face in charge. Uh, Lee Harrison helped him out, uh, the goalkeeper number two. I like to say we, Dan, it's probably the level of their ambition, and, and there's nothing wrong with it because of the wage budget and size of the club was just surviving in the football league, um, which we managed to do, and, and obviously. They fell into the non league after that, but that's um, that was probably the limit of their ambition that season, and we, and we managed to survive. Yeah, I mean, you managed to survive and you're offered a new contract at Barnet, but you opted to move to Notts County. Uh, what was it sort of that it attracted you to the club? Was it the size of the club, or was there any other factors? Yeah, obviously, the history of Notts County, the, the size of the club, the stadium, it, it was a lot closer to home for me. Um, I remember they'd they come at our place and beat us 3-0 and um, I was coming off the pitch at the end absolutely raging and um, Tommy Johnson the old Newcastle Celtic striker was a coach there and he, he was waiting for me in the dressing room he just said we really like, we really love your bitch do you fancy it I went, I went yeah Tom obviously uh, and that was it and then so I knew after that um, that they were interested in at the end of that season uh, Mitch Allen with Parkland's um, and had really good discussions with him about how the club wanted to go forward. And like I said, the, the size of the club, the, the, I, was, I was a lot closer to home. Uh, it was just, again, I seen it as a, as a career progression. I know they're in the same league and they had a disappointing season the year before. But the way they were talking, they were going to get some, some good players on board and I'm going to have a right go that season. So I was, I was well up for going there. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you knew for quite a while, obviously, that they were after you. Would you say it was an easy decision to move to the club? Yeah, fairly easy. Again, I had, a, I had a couple of other interested parties, but that was that was the one that stuck out most for me. Yeah. yeah, and then of course you had an exceptional first season with the club, winning the League Two title. When you look back at a successful season, a lot of people that we've interviewed have said they can identify like a, a turning point where they can see like it's a special group of players that can go and achieve big things. What would you say your turning point would be that season? Um, I'm not really sure because it was it, it was a season that we were we were consistently up there. We um, obviously went in pre-season and um, there was rumours of investment coming in and, and this that and the other. But we, we didn't know that Sven Goran Eriksson and, and all that business were going to turn up that season. And which <laughs> wasn't really investment because it, it turned out they were they were flat for up. These it, it was because yeah. didn't he end up direct to a football nil? Yeah, he did. He come in under this yeah. group uh, they were called Munto. It turned out that the business had no money, but um, so Campbell come down for a, for a time. He played. I remember one. that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Kasper Schmeichel. We had Lee Hughes. We got Ben Davies. Ricky Raven. A proper, real good, real good group of players. And then 
um, we started really well and probably that probably that first game even as early as that, that first game that we played Bradford and obviously um, Bradford bought about three or four thousand our stand was our the home end was packed because of the interest in Sven and what was going on and I think we beat him three or four nil on the day and the stadium and everything was rocking and it just was it was just an image that if you can get it right here and you can get this place going in the, in the, in the fall of momentum this, you know it could be it could be massive it could be an absolutely massive and a great place to be and it was I think everyone had bought into what, what they wanted to do you know it was made clear from the start promotion was the aim and anything less would be failure uh, and we stuck to that for the majority of the season and like I say we went on to win the league I think comfortably in the end Yeah like you said about um, few of the few of the players um, during the squad that season. Um, obviously, young at the time, but your keeper was Cashris Michael. Then you had like Matt, Matt Ritchie. Um, yeah, how how key were were those kind of young young talent coming through? Um, and did you know sort of potential that they were going to go on and be at the time when you when you were playing with them? Yeah, well, I think Casper had come from come from Man City. I think that's where Sven knew him from. Uh, so obviously he'd come in, um, Mighty Ritchie coming on loan from I think it was Bournemouth at the time. Um, <clears throat> we had another young lad, Brendan Maloney, on loan from from Nottingham Forest at the time, and you put them with the older pros like the likes of Lee Hughes, John Thompson was our skipper, uh, Mike Edwards, great career, another centre half. It was a good mix, and then you had the likes of probably the the, the lads approaching the peak careers like me, Ricky Ravenhill, Ben Davies. Then yeah. it, it just was a great mix, and like I said, Charlie done really well putting the putting the squad together. Although he didn't last long, the manager I think that obviously when Sven came in as director of football, he was always going to bring his own his own man in, uh, Hans Backer. But again, he didn't last long because <laughs> this Munto group it just it was just a big con to be honest. And then yeah. they left about Christmas time. That's quite weird, isn't it, Neil? Though you say about obviously the different change of managers, obviously the ownership were kind of off the field. That could have quite easily that season completely derailed you, completely put you off. And you've seen it with other sides that they they have so many managers. They have obviously off the field issues and things like that that it completely just derails their season because they can't concentrate. What was so special about that group that you ha- you managed to concentrate so much that you ended up being so successful? Yeah, I mean, well, it, it nearly did it to hands, especially because there was, there was lots of rumours about going into admin, obviously, when they yeah. when they'd come out. I think there was a, there was a panorama programme on them, um, basically, that they were just comment. Yeah. So the club was, I mean, it wasn't a case of us of not getting paid. It was the case that the, the club went, could have went under. So yeah. Rick came in and saved us. He was honest with about the financial situation, but... It, it was it was just a good group. It was a great dressing room, and, and everyone everyone looks back at it and people saying, "Oh, you bought that league." But we had about a group of probably 16, 17 players, and that was it. Because obviously, the way the club was, um, we couldn't bring anyone else in. There was just no money, um, so it was a small group. It was a, it was a tight dressing room, but it, it was a it was a really really good group. Um, and like I said, these stories kept coming out, and the milkman would be in the local papers that he hadn't been paid, and the butcher, the, the food is he'd not been paid. But you know, we just, I think we just chose to laugh about it. We, honestly, yeah. we, instead of getting stressed and, and panicking and and arguing and demanding PFA, we just we just we started a job and we, and we decided we were going to see it out. And I think that that brought us tightest together. Um, and I think if you look at that after Christmas when Steve Cotter will come in as manager. I think we lost one in 18 and it, and it yeah. says about the group as a whole, the, the collective, that we just decided we were just going to give it all, all at the end of the season and 
and if it all blew up in our faces, and it, it, it blew up, but it wouldn't be for for lack of effort or lack of lack of professionalism, you know, in our terms. Yeah, what was he like to work under, Steve? Steve Cottrell? I was brilliant. He, he's probably one of my favourite managers I've had. He was, I thought, he was really good. Um, if he, if if he's not having you, he'll tell you. Uh, if you're doing well for him, um, you know, he's fantastic. But I really liked him. There's no there's no airs or graces about him. He'll tell you how it is. Um, in training, in matches, but he was fantastic. And like I say, he was, I really respect him. When I go, if I go into management, he'll certainly be someone I'll, I'll take a lot from. Because I thought he was, I thought he was, I thought he was top draw. To be honest. Yeah, I bet you have. Um, I bet you have some great stories from that from that year, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, we had some nights out, like the likes of Lee Hughes and, and Luke Rogers, um, Birmingham lad. It was just, it was, it was fun. We go out. Okay, so at the end of the season where we got promoted, we got out on a Tuesday, then we then we got then we won the league and we got out Saturday. We, we then it was just a special group, like I say, it was we go out it, a lot of teams go out and have a drink and there'll be five or six years there, we go out and have a drink and there'll be eighteen, it'd be the full squad, you know, it was a proper proper good group of lads and a great team spirit and like I say it's it's certainly one of my favourite seasons seasons ever because like some of the stories I, can't, I just can't tell you on here because <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say yeah. you haven't told us one specific story is that because you can't because I've been putting lads in trouble but <laughs> some of the scenes that season you'll never see again but it, it was it was fantastic and like I say it was a great I mean they're all lunatics but it, it was a great group of lads top, top draw I mean yeah fast forward to kind of January 2011 um, you ended up being drawn against Manchester City in in the fourth round of the of the FA Cup. Um, I mean, what I mean at home. What an occasion! Obviously, the big boys, the big boys come down. Um, even, even goes better for you, doesn't it? You end up scoring the goal to kind of force a replay. Your smile says it all. I mean, that build up to that day, and then and then that kind of euphoria of the feeling of scoring against at what time? I mean, they're still spend, spending a a crap load of money now but I mean they, they were back then weren't they and I mean that that is the beauty of the FA Cup that kind of game isn't it yeah it was unbelievable I think obviously um, Roberto Mancini was in charge and obviously when the draw was made it, it was fantastic and I remember getting the game you arrive as you do and just their sh- the sheer amount of staff that they have they were in the corridors the stuff you think you know there's there's more people they've got more people on the staff than we usually have in the stands on a, on a match day it was <laughs> Different level and then David Silver's there, and Like I say, the money was there at that point. They were, they were really yeah. they were dashing it out. Gareth Barry, Jerome Botan. You know, you can go on forever with, with a list of Michael Richards, the players yeah. they had. And it wasn't as if they even um, they didn't play a weak team that day. I think obviously it was it was a pretty. If you look through the stack, it level, was full strength. Yeah. And the the, the um, Along the side of one pitch, there that full stand again sold out, and it was bouncing. I just remember, you remember getting you do your warm up and you go in the dressing room and you put your socks on, and you can hear the atmosphere was the you know the stand was rocking, and it was again it was, it was just you don't want to be too nervous because you but you're trying to take it all in because again at that level we I think we'll leave one at the time. You don't these days don't come round it very often, but no. you know we had a right, we had a right go a, a right go, and like I say, we, we thoroughly deserved the replay that day. I think. I think anyone who's seen the game or any Nuss County fans, or even Man City fans, will agree. Um, like I said, I was looking to get the goal. Um, obviously, we got well turned over in the replay, but the, you know it was it was it was really unlucky because if we'd have beat them, I think it'd have been one of the one of the greatest upsets in in FA Cup history. Well, it really was, really, wasn't it? <laughs> it wasn't far off. And like I said, if you look at the two, because we were struggling in the League One at the time, 
Um, but the whole day and everything, like I said, people have, it's a one. It's probably the one thing about my career. People ask me about the goal, the goal against Man City. Um, it's not something I've watched back. I, I have to be honest; it's not something I've really. Back. No, I just if we'd have won the game, it might have been different. I guess yeah. I'm, I'm a bit weird. If we, but we drew, so it's not a winning goal. So. Um, I mean, when I finish, I might be finished now. You never know. But when I do finish, it'll probably be like something I'll look back on. It'll certainly be something I'll show my son in the future. Um, but it's, like I said, the memories of the day are still pretty vivid. And like I said, it was, it was certainly one, one, for the, um, one for the memory bank because it was, it was a fantastic day. I mean, like you say, Neil, it's the fact that you were struggling, obviously you were struggling at a time in the league. Was it the case that um, you probably did so well against City on the day because it was of it was kind of a release and it was a, a no lose situation. Is that it doesn't we're not going for points here, which we've got that freedom to play. Yeah, and because it's on telly and it was on, I think it was on ITV and there's a big audience and all your mates watching back home. I think yeah. it's a, you don't want to get embarrassed on national TV because you're going to that game thinking, oh my god, if if they turn up and and, and take us apart here, we we could end up getting a do and we could be five, six, seven down and it's and it's on terrestrial TV and you know, everyone's watching and you know what lads are like you never hear the end of it and you're going to be it'll, it'll be embarrassing to be honest. So I think that forces you to raise your game. Um, obviously the pitch at the time wasn't in great condition which obviously slowed them down a bit um, and I've been in I've been in teams where you, you go to a lot of division teams and it, it is hard to raise your game so it was it was sort of they coming down a bit us going up a lot a lot from 20, 30, 40% of what we usually could give uh, and it just it nearly made for a very magical day like I say it was just a shame we couldn't get over the line and, and, and beat them Yeah obviously at the back end of that season you were made club captain um, I mean that must have been kind of a very, very proud moment for, for yourself to be club captain of that football club. Yeah, obviously not to get everyone knows the oldest football, professional football club in, in well, the way the oldest in the league until the end of last season when they got relegated. But yeah. it was, I, I was looked at Notts County as a big club. I remember going there watching Middlesbrough when I was, when I was younger. Um, so again, it, it was a proud moment. And like I say, I've always, I've never took it lightly when, when people have given me a man for clubs. It's, it's a special honour. Um, and like I say, it was just, it, it was fun. Oh, again, unexpected because there were some great characters and, and good leaders in the dressing room. So it was, a, it was a privilege and an honour for me to do this. Yeah, I mean, that season you made 53 appearances for the club and you were named as the club's player of the year. I mean, again, that must have been an honour. Were there any other top performers that season for you, in your opinion? Um, we struggled, so I can't really think about it. Um, I remember the last three or four months we, we were in dire, dire relegation. Um, trouble and um, obviously Martin Allen coming um, and I needed a hernia I, I was in absolute agony and he wouldn't let me get one I remember he was before a game he said, I thought I'm there's no way I'm playing today and this is Martin Allen to a tee going oh, right, I'll take you out and you can have a fitness test so I was in the tunnel I put my boots on I got the gang about one o'clock he shot me a ball um, I kicked it back to him he went run on the spot I, I literally sat running the spot for five seconds he went right your feet get in there and go <laughs> <laughs> absolutely F, F all wrong with you so I've got it and that, and that was it that was, that, that was it he wouldn't let me have it to the end of the season and it, we survived I think Brighton who, who won the league come and we and we got a point with them last year of the season and we survived um, and like I say it was, it was by the skin of our teeth that season so we, we were pretty, we, we started badly that season and couldn't really get ourselves going like I say apart from the Cubs we, we had a disappointed season I mean I'm a Gillingham fan Neil and I know for a fact how interesting Martin Allen is um, uh, I bet he was interesting to play under wasn't he 
Yeah, he's different level. I mean, again, I, I really liked him, really got along with him. Some of his his stuff he does is a bit extreme. I remember he had us playing... Um, <laughs> we had this thing where, I don't know if he was trying to get team spirit, where I think it was a Thursday or it might have been a Friday. We... Um, he had us all lined up on the on the edge of the on the penalty box. We all had a ball each, and then he'd make two people go and stand in the net, and we'd go along the line, and you'd have to smash it at the goal as hard as you could. And the two people in the goal weren't allowed to use their hands and had to use the the bodies and, and the, or whatever they could to block it. And uh, I remember come the day after, Stephen Darby and John Harley had concussion. They, they, they couldn't play, couldn't involve. <laughs> they'd been sick or they'd been. I know you shouldn't laugh, but they'd been bad. They'd been poorly. They couldn't train. Because um, and that was just one of his things, one of his team building things that he did. Like I say, some of his stuff's a bit unorthodox, but he was. I really liked him, and again, I, I really got along with him and, and respected him for for what he did and what. And like I say, he has he has different methods, but there's there's, there's, uh, there's he always does whatever he does, he does for a reason. Like I said, you might not get it at the time, but he's always doing it for a reason. Yeah, <clears throat> eventually in June 2013, you had your uh, contracts with the club cancelled by mutual consent. So, what discussion? What discussions took place, which like led to this at the time? Well, I, I, obviously the way the club was and the uncertainty. The, I'd gone through a lot of managers, and um, coming up at the end of that season, Keith Curl had got the sack, which I thought was quite quite harsh. We were top half of the league within touching distance of the playoffs, and then Chris Kawamia come in, and I just it, it was I wasn't playing as well as I played for the previous three, for three years there. And I just thought it was coming to end naturally. I had a bit of interest from, from other League One clubs and obviously from Blackpool in the Championship. And I was, again, I just, I went to the, I had a good relationship with the owners and, and the chief executive, Jim Rodwell at the time, and just said, look, they were looking to cut the budget at the time and I was on a fairly decent wage. And I said, look, why at the end of the day, what you know, end of this season, sorry, you know, just let's call it a day. I don't want any money, I don't want to pay up. Just I'll come in, sign a thing. I've got options to, to, to do different things, which I think I need. I needed at that time a new challenge. And obviously they were looking to cut the budget. So it sort of worked for both parties and, and we left on we left on really good terms. But the day I left the Sam Farms and took in a load of beers and chatting and wine and all that for all the people in the office. Just because, again, they'd all been really good for me and I just wanted to say thank you. I'd had four good years and I didn't want to leave on bad terms, and, and which I didn't. Uh, it was just, it just seemed like it was coming to a natural end. And, and like I say, it was, again, it was probably a move I, I thought I had to make to, to progress myself and my career. Mm. You then moved to Blackpool. I mean, you reunited with a former manager of yours, Paul Ince. Couple that with the fact that at the time they were then a championship team. Was, was that a no-brainer? Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United had come in, Nigel Hulvers in charge, um, and obviously they were, they were in League One at the oh no, sorry, it wasn't Nigel Clough, it was, I think it was David Weir. Uh, they come in anyway, um, but they were League One at the time, and again, probably financially I would have been better off going there. Um, but, you know, I think I was, I was in my 30s at that point, and the, to the chance to play in the championship, obviously start as late as I did, I never thought I'd have. So I thought, I'm going to have to take it. And said the missus, I said, I'm going to have to do it again because I thought, you know, from that, I'd have gone from Sunday morning to, to championship and playing in, in every division in between. I thought, I'm going to have to do it. I want to test myself at this level. Uh, like I said, I'll never forgive myself if I don't. So it, was, it wasn't so much a no-brainer, but for me, it was something I just thought I had to do. I didn't, I didn't really have a choice in the matter. I mean, that's a perfect example, Neil, isn't it? At least that footballers not going for the money because you could have quite easily gone to Sheffield United for more money then but you didn't. You wanted to better yourself and go and play at a better level. 
Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United offered me a, a, a longer contract or more money. Blackpool, I, I think I got there and there was no guarantee. Um, the way it was ran off the Oysters, they, they only gave me a three-month deal. Um, but I just thought, I thought, sorry, I'm going to go and try. I'm going to, I'll back myself. I'll, I'll just get my head down. I'll, I'll craft. I'll give it everything, and I'll, and I'll see what comes of it. And if it doesn't come, I'm sure I'll be able to pick up a club. Well, hopefully, I'll be able to pick up a club league one, if not league two. Um, but again, we took the risk. It was a risk because I just had a, a child, just had my boy. He was only a few. He was only six, seven months old. But like I said, I just had to give it a go. I, I knew, I knew I wouldn't. I'd regret it if I didn't. And like I said, I went on to get. I missed some morning with five, six league games that season. I played the majority of the season. And I get from in my perspective, doing okay. We started the season, and I think it's the best ever start to a season Blackpool's had. Well, it, it was at the time. In, in any level so that was and then obviously again with the Oystons and the manager and, and certain things going on behind the scenes we fell away I think January he sent a lot, a lot of the loan players back who were playing for us week in week out and, and done really well for us they all went back and he, he just cut the budget into he obviously went Barry Ferguson come in charge and then it was a struggle and again it, then it was about survival but ultimately we survived um, so again it was something I, I look back on and, I, and I'm, I'm I'm proud I actually took a gamble and, and had a go. I mean, yeah, like you just said, it was it was quite a strange beginning to that season, actually. I mean, you scored your first goal against Bournemouth in the September of that year. And it was a really great, great beginning. Like you said, the best ever start to a season that Blackpool had. But then there was sort of a bit of a string of defeats and things started to fall away a bit. I mean, what was the the atmosphere and the morale in the dressing room like at the time? I mean, that must have been such a strange feeling. Yeah, I mean, the start was fantastic because we were back to struggle from the start. Obviously, pre-season was a bit chaotic. Everyone knows what the Oysters, what happened under the Oysters. Getting players in was an absolute nightmare, but they together managed to get a squad together with a couple of good loan signings. And we started really well. Again, good team spirit. We had people like Ricardo Fuller, Barry Ferguson, Kirk Broadfoot, Matt Jones, great leaders, played in the Premier League, played Scottish Premier League, played for the Cundies, you know, good leaders in the dressing room. Um, I mean, we had a good team. You, know, you go through this: Chris Basham, Premier League, Craig Cathcart, Premier League. Now we walk through. We had a, we had a really, Jack Robinson, obviously Championship. A lot of games in the Championship. Started at Liverpool. Um, we had a good. We had a really, really good. Um, probably thirteen or fourteen players, but like I say, one or two injuries. I remember there's probably the start of the bad run. We went to Yeovil midweek and got beat two one or three two and we had two or three players sent off that night. And like I say, with with a with a, a squad that small and how intense and demanding the championship it is, once we lost one or two, we, we didn't have the replacements and, and that's when we started started in the skins of it. But morale in the dressing room, it, it was hard. Don't get me wrong, it was hard, but we had some good leaders in there and, and people kept, kept who kept us going through the through the bad times. I mean yeah you you eventually finished the season in twentieth twentieth place after Arthur Inti was sat. Um, how would you reflect on the two performances that season as a whole? Well, I was in, once I remember we beat Sheffield Wednesday at home, probably, I don't know, sometime before Christmas, which took us up to second or third, and we thought, Christ, if we, if we get to January here and, and we get some in, we'll, we'll have a right good go. We'll be, we'll be brand new yeah. to the playoffs, but, you know, at the turn of the half season gone turn of the year we're right in the mix but after that I think ultimately it just slid away from us and as you see once you once you're in these ruts and these in these things it's it's that it's only going one way I think yeah with a conflict with NC and um and the chairman about Tom um I think a bid come in in January yeah big bid um, and I think 
obviously the chairman wanted him to go because he, he, he only had three or four months left on his contract and, and that created a bit of friction and ultimately it was, it was just a matter of time before the gaffer went um, which, was, which was a shame again a gaffer I really respected obviously his playing career speaks for itself when he tells you after he's you know a man of that statue yeah. uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a manager and a, and a person <laughs> It was for, and then obviously the the chairman being the chairman wouldn't bring anyone else in. He wouldn't he wouldn't waste his money. Well, not waste his money. He just doesn't like spend his money, and he, he's quite stubborn. And, and he gave obviously Barry the job, who was a novice, and he done his best. And again that season after that, it was just about surviving, uh, which again we did just just about. But if you look at the whole season as a picture and what we had and what happened. It was it was an achievement actually to to, to finish twentieth and not get relegated when you when you factor in all the other all the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, I mean, I moved to Scunthorpe for you. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto it in in a little bit, but obviously this this will turn out to kind of be the second club that you you end up playing like most of your games for. Um, yeah, what was it about Scunthorpe that that attracted you to the football club? Well, they just got promoted from uh, League Two um, the season before. Um, obviously, at Blackpool, the way it ended, um, I think in the summer they only won. They, they released everyone, and, and I was one of about five or six. He actually were going to offer a contract to, but you could sort of you, you sort of knew what was coming with Blackpool that season. It was yeah. you were never you were never really going to be with a, a fighter's chance, a swingers' chance. You knew what was coming. <laughs> So, I mean, it was hard, but again, I thought it was a decision I had to make. You knew Blackpool were going to struggle. The, the finished second bottom that season would have been an achievement for him the way it was going. The budget was getting cut. The only hard part was obviously you, you, you worked hard and, and for, for years and you created to get up that championship just to, to then just to decide if you're going to go back to League One. But it's going to be coming up uh, with the with um, big ideas. Um, Big uh, new ground on the horizon, uh, big budget. That just got more from the two chairman was ambitious. It was an ambitious club, and again, they didn't plan on, on or didn't want to be hanging around in League One really that much. Obviously, things don't work out as way, but I was, I was impressed by the the, 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 the professionalism and then how they wanted to go about things. So again, it was a, it was a good contract offer, and probably again one again the decision was really made for me. I couldn't really turn it down. Obviously, while you were at the club, you worked under. Um... Graham Alexander, um, young at the time when when he was at Scunthorpe. Um, yeah, what was Graham like to work under? Really good, um, really good. Again, like, I'm not to repeat myself. There's not many managers I haven't got along with, to be honest. But he's he's very intense. He's very professional. Um, I mean, you can have a laugh and a joke around the place, but when you're on the training ground, he, he likes it done properly and to a certain level, to a certain intensity. Um, and again, he, he, he's definitely one I'll, I'll take a lot from going into coaching, my, my coaching career, because I thought him and Chris Lecay's assistant, they were, they were, they were great, a great partnership. And uh, I know he's a Salford now, well, they're both are, and I'm, I'm sure they'll have great success there because, like I said, they, they are really, they, they work really well together. And like I said, Graham's standards and how he wants, wants things done is very intense. They don't drop, you know, day to day. He's on it every day. And like I say, he's someone I respect. Uh, respect a lot yeah I mean like during this time under Alexander he made quite a late push for the playoffs in League One in 2016 you missed out to Barnsley on goal difference alone I mean I remember at the time Barnsley like were a real force they had a real late surge during that season as well what was that like to to process and play through obviously missing out that narrowly at the time yeah it was hard it went, it went down the last day of the season and it was it was I think we we're level on points but um, their goal difference was vastly superior, but they were going to Wigan, who, who won the league. So 
we're thinking, oh, when we were going to Sheffield United at the time, we were in a bit of mediocrity in the middle of the league, had nothing to play for. Them. You know, we got a, we got our, we won at um, Sheffield United, but unfortunately, Barnsley beat Wigan, which, you know, we felt a bit disappointed at because Wigan had got promoted, won the league, but they, they put out quite a weak team that day, which sort of left a bit of a bitter taste, especially with Barnsley. Got, there was obviously a lot riding on that game. And, you know, Barnsley come strong, but so we, I think, if you look since... Alexander took over. We had we had one hell of a run uh, and really pushed ourselves up into the reckoning. So to miss out like that is is disappointing. But you know um, it's just one of them things. But like I said, it was it was, it was disappointing because we thought it, if we could have nicked the playoff place, we, the momentum we had would have, would have maybe pushed us all away. Yeah, I mean moving on to the end of 2016 as well. You beat Millwall three 0 in the December of that year, and it actually marks a whole year unbeaten at home. I mean that's not only quite the achievement, but what was it about the team at the time and also the stadium itself that allowed this to happen? Um, I think the team had been put together very well. Again, if you go through that team, there's a lot of players playing now in the Championship. Um, and like you say, I, I, when I, every time I played against Scunthorpe, it was just a place I never enjoyed playing. It's a small, compact ground. The supporters can give you a bit of joy. It was just one of the places that you never really enjoyed playing as an away team. And I think the way we played, the intensity we were playing at, um, the pitch is quite narrow we, we, were, we were in people's faces and we had some really good footballers and I think that combination like I say a lot of teams well you, you know when you speak to players all the time a lot of players hated coming to players at our place because like I say we had a good combination of good footballers and people who, who, who enjoyed ratting and, and enjoyed going and getting the ball back and, and, and making life uncomfortable for the opposition you, you know you marry that in with the, the narrowness of the pitch and the, and the supporters and, and the ground it was just not a nice place for people to come and like I say we, we, we more than uh, we, op- we certainly optimised that, that, that situation in our favour Yeah I mean and then that year you actually went one better than the previous year and actually reached the League One playoffs you eventually lost to Millwall but so sum up as more of an experienced player in comparison to when you reached the playoffs of York. What was your role in the squad like as a more experienced player as opposed to at York when you went through the playoffs? Yeah, we went down to Millwall and drew nil-nil in the first leg and obviously a fairly decent result and we even took the lead in the second leg. But um, it, there was a lot of good pros in that dressing room. Um, so again, I, I wasn't really having to, to speak to people about the situation. It was... Dreser had been, uh, the manager had been involved in the playoffs at Fleetwood, I think. He got promoted with Fleetwood, so it was more, and I think he, he was more leading that. Because I think that experience with York was so long ago, or it seemed so long ago at the time, it, it just, it, I don't suppose it was really relevant to what was in there. But um, again, ultimately disappointments. Um, we never got Wembley, and I, I think we threw, we, we threw it away that, that day, uh, the home leg, like I say, we even took the lead. And we had a mad five, ten minutes either side of half time, which ultimately cost us. I mean, yeah, the following year, you, know, you, you, you make the playoffs again. Um, quite a, a weird one here. It was that Graham was obviously sacked in the March, but you were, you were fifth in the league at the time when he was sacked, which is quite bizarre. Um, and I, I think it was Nick Dawes and Andy Dawson that eventually took you, took you kind of into the playoffs, um, being kind of caretakers um, at, at the time. Was that, was that kind of a weird campaign that you, obviously a, a manager being sacked but, but doing well? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were on a bad run of form, don't get me wrong, but you, if you looked at our league position, we were, we were probably comfortably in the playoffs. I suppose you've got to look around you and, and you look around it and you, there, was, there wasn't really anyone who was going to catch us. We weren't probably good enough that season or close enough to get into the top two. Yeah. 
So we're always going to finish in the playoffs anyway. So it was a strange decision. Like I say, I think the way we would have turned it around eventually, um, we wouldn't have dropped outside the playoffs if they kept Alexander in charge. And we wouldn't have gotten into the top two because we just weren't close enough that year. It was always going to be a playoff place in that in that, at that time when he got the sack. So it was a strange decision. I think one that's obviously proved to be a terrible decision um, when you look at where Scunthorpe are now and what happened at the end of that season. Um, they got relegated the, the, the following season and, and yeah. bottom half of League Two now. So, I mean, look, people are paid to make decisions and, and will live and die by them. But it, at the time, it did seem very strange to not just me, but a, a lot of that dressing room couldn't really understand the decision making. Yeah, I mean, kind of going into those playoffs, obviously not having Graham around, but still having the caretakers around, um, coaches that you've kind of been around. Was it was it a sense of going into the playoffs? Did did you believe that you were you were going to go and do it, or was it a case that it was such a weird feeling around the club for the rest of the season that you kind of thought, yeah, we're in the playoffs here, but we're not we're not too sure. Yeah, well, I think Robin, we played Robin twice that season, and the beat us. And I played both games, and I and I have to say they probably beat us comfortably, to be honest. Yeah. Not, but you thought these have got our number a bit. Um, and we drew. We drew the. Um, I was on the bench for both for both playoff legs. Uh, yeah. I didn't really get along with Nick Dawes as a manager. I, I, I wasn't really having him. Uh, don't get me wrong, as a person, no problems. But as a manager, I just. I thought the the chairman and a few people were pulling strings behind the behind the scenes in, in terms of team selection and what was going on. Um, and I just thought we had to do something different. Like I say, because the beaters, if you keep doing the same things, you're, you're going to get the same results. And we got in the beaters twice, and that we, we, we drew two all at home, but then going there, I thought obviously it's on a knife edge. Um, and we, we played a very attacking team, actually. We didn't, I thought if we could have went there and kept it quiet for 60, 70 minutes, the home fans were nervous anyway. Um, you go and then you go and nick a goal because we had some great attacking players, but yeah. I just thought we were, um, we could have maybe been a bit, bit, bit more clever in what we did that second leg. And I thought Robin had our number that season. And ultimately, I think, I think the beat was 2 0. And again, probably deserved the victory that night. I mean, yeah. I mean, just before we get on to Mansfield, obviously, your last club nil. It, Scunthorpe, like I said earlier, was the, the second club that you spent most of your career at. Um, obviously, having two playoff campaigns, um, nearly kind of t- 200 games for the football club. How do you how do you sum your time time up at Scunthorpe? I enjoyed it. Look, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it all. We were at the top end of League One for the majority of it. Fantastic. Um, obviously, I, I, le- I left and probably still had massive regrets that we never got the championship. Because if you look at that team, uh, the likes of Ivan Tony, uh, Josh Morris, Murray Wallace, Connor Townsend in the championship, Luke Daniels in the championship, the goalkeeper yeah. Brentford, Paddy Madden. Um, it, it was a, it was a, it was a t- um, it was a top class team, top class team for that level. Uh, a team that probably should have should have achieved promotion. So that's that's a, that's a big big regret legacy because some of the names you just reeled off there, top players in league would be would be top top players in league that any league club, league one club would want. Uh, and like I say, a lot of them now playing the championship. So there is a regret there, but it, it's a club that I really enjoyed. At. And like I say, it, I really I've been back there to watch games ever since. Like I say, because. I did, I did enjoy the, uh, my time at the club and one like I said I'll always have fond memories of yeah obviously you joined Mansfield in 2018 uh, under David Flickroff um, yeah how did the move come about and, and, and why Mansfield 
Well, again, I had um, I'd, I knew I was leaving Scunthorpe that summer. Obviously, just just at the end of the contract. Obviously, um, Nick Dawes being given the job permanently. I wasn't. He wasn't someone I ever really got along with. Awkward yeah. playing under. So I knew that was. I knew I was going to be leaving. I had a couple of decent offers: Mansfield, Lincoln. Um, but the the chairman and, and David sort of sold it to me. Um, obviously, at my age, it was going to be a two-year deal, which probably clinched it. To be honest. Um, Obviously, I spoke to Lincoln, Danny Cowley, again, someone, yeah. someone I really enjoyed speaking to, would have loved to work under. Wish I'd have probably got the chance to work under him when I was younger, to be honest, because um, he, the way he come across, the way he wanted to do things was, was brilliant. You can see where he's got in his career. He'll, he'll have success. And it was, it, was, it was probably, I went for it the first time I'd gone for a bit more security um, at my age, two-year deal, and and speaking to the chairman, there was there was a potential of um, of a coaching role or something for me when I eventually finished playing. So that's that's probably what swayed it for me. And but like I say, we was I I'm David Flickcroft. Um, he was he was the same. He was passionate. He was enthusiastic. What he wanted to do, and, and, it, and it was all about. It was at that time I didn't have really have the time to go to. Um, I had some League One clubs, but there were clubs who would be looking to finish mid table at best. And obviously at my age. I didn't really have time for a long-term project. It was going to be, right, we want to get promoted or we want to do something this season. And, and obviously Lincoln and Mansfield were the, were the main ones. Yeah, like you said about um, getting promoted, that was the ambition of a football club. Mansfield very, very, very nearly did it um, your first season. Um, made the playoffs again. Um, unfortunately, I mean, I watched from Sky and a crazy game. Obviously, it went to penalties, just kind of the second, second leg against Newport. Um, at, at, at Mansfield's Mansfield's place obviously um, yeah okay. I mean sum up that season was was the, the foundations in, in place and, and was that football club ready ready to go yeah yeah it was it is uh, there's a new training ground which is probably championship standard um, the owners have invested heavily um, are we never finishing the top three that season I'll never know um, the last probably four to six weeks we we absolutely collapsed I don't know what it was. We just couldn't. We couldn't seem to get a result. Um, obviously, I tweaked my calf in the first first leg of the playoff, and like I said, that second game we could have been four 0 down at half time. Newport missed so many chances. Second half, we've probably missed the majority of chances in an extra time. I think we've had one clear off the line, and it, like I said, a crazy game. I would I would end up the, the, the Scottish. It could have been five five. It, it was insane. And then penalties are a. a, a a lottery and like I said the only one who missed one is, is obviously Tyler Walker who was who never missed a thing all season really so it was again <laughs> I think that's four or five times I've been involved in the playoffs in my career and not get not got to win I bet you're sick of a side of them aren't you <laughs> oh, I know it's, you might as well put me on garden and leave if, we, if my record in them like I said never, not to get to Wembley it's just, it's just I don't know I don't know it's, it's a massive I can laugh about it but it's a massive regret yeah, yeah. I'll probably look back uh, on in the future and I wonder how, how I've not had more promotions but look it is what it is uh, I can't be greedy I've had a great career um, but um, yeah that season it was just again loved it absolutely loved it, it great dressing room but not to get over the line was, was criminal probably at the end yeah obviously it's been a bit of a weird season um, this season obviously with the Covid hitting kind of hot um, way through um, at the time obviously the season ended um, Mansell kind of Mental were twenty first um, in in, in Lito. Uh, I mean, yeah. What's obviously going from that playoff campaign 
last season and doing very, very well to this season to being near the bottom. What's, what's happened kind of there for that, for that to happen? Yeah, I think we've got a, a rookie manager, um, a, a bloke who done really well at the youth team set up, but was untested um, at um, the senior level. Um, and then I think that, I think it was a massive hangover. I think it was a massive, massive disappointment still around the players from how last season ended because obviously to miss out on thing, then they get beat in the playoffs, then they get beat on penalty. It was just kicking the teeth after kicking the teeth at the end of that season. And I think maybe some people would maybe come to the end being at Mansfield and obviously they'd suffered disappointment the season before. Maybe, you know, we could have refreshed the dressing room a bit. Uh, this is personally, obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, maybe we could have got a few more players to the door. Like I said, I think the dressing room was scared about what had happened in the previous couple of seasons. And we never really shook it off. And as a group, we were probably lethargic. And again, I've spoken about before, once you start bad, it, it is hard to shake it off. And people are just yeah. people are thinking, that, oh, well, that's our opportunity for promotion. We're not going to achieve anything. And we sort of just... We just stumbled into a position where we were we were struggling every week, and it, like I say, we we only just started to, to shake it off really in the in the in the final five or six games before obviously we, we got uh, the league got cancelled. So to not have the chance to finish the season is disappointing, um, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's the whole season from start to finish is, is one real disappointment actually because we we never really got going at any, at any point of it. Yeah, and then looking towards the future as well now, once you eventually do decide to hang up your boots, where would you, where would you like to see your career go? What path would you like to take? I've been doing my coaching badges. Um, I'm due to finish my A licence this summer, uh, which, which will be me done with the badges. So it's the limited coaching I've done. I've really enjoyed You know, It's something I can see myself going into, especially with my background of dropping out of an academy. Um, from playing in the, in the championship to, to Sunday morning and, and, and every step in between um, is I've got an experience of just about everything to be honest and it's stuff I, I want to pass on it's something I, I'm, I passionately I think I can I can make a difference um, it's not something I just fall into to have a job just to just to pick up a wage I think if you're going to go into coaching you've got to want to do it you've got to be passionate about improving and helping people and it's something I, I see myself doing Maybe now, maybe somewhere down the line, like I say, I've got decisions to make about what I'm going to do, playing wise or coaching. But it's definitely, definitely a path I'm going to, I'm going to explore. I mean, yeah, like you said, Neil, um, you have played at kind of every level, um, bar the prem. Um, but you obviously you you played with some fantastic players, um, like we do with every guest. Um, we kind of ask, we ask their best six society team with the players that they play with. I'm sure, I'm sure you've played with a lot of. Good players throughout your career, so this is going to be this is going to be tough for you. Um, come on, yeah, give us your best your best six aside team. Right, well, I'll have to go with Casper, Casper Schmeichel in goal, obviously. Just get Kareem's had captain of Denmark. He's got to be in there. I'll have to put Saul Campbell in there. I know it was for one game, and he had a nightmare, Markham, when he played. But how, how can you leave him out? Yeah, he's had. Um, I'll go Barry Ferguson. Obviously, captain his country, captain Blackpool, probably one of the best pros. I mean, he, he moans at you every time, but his standards are so high. He's, he's again, fantastic off him. What have I put in there? Three. Um, Three more. Who else will I go for? Um, Ricardo Fuller, I'll put him in there. Obviously, yeah. 
Even the strikers, obviously, again, played at the top level. What a player. What Again, another one who, on the training ground. If you, if you weren't up to standard, he's in your back every minute. Um, I need another defender, don't I? I'll probably create Kafkas. I'll put him, again, <laughs> international and, and playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Not get overlooked, but a, a great career and, again, just another natural leader. So what have we got there? Five? Yeah, one more. More, I'll have to I'll go on the one for probably Lee Hughes. I know I, I played with him at Notts County um, at the back end of his career, but probably the most natural goal scorer I've played with. He just seemed to just just not stop or everything, just just relax every time in front of the goal, even in training. He didn't do a lot else in training to be honest. He was he, but he just stand. But every time the ball coming to him, he, he used to end up in the net. And like I say, probably the most natural goal scorer I've played with in my career. There we go. What a career Neil has had. He's obviously, he, like he's just said and like he's explained for the past hour, he's played at every single level, um, obviously by the Prem. But what a career he's had. What some great players he's played with and some great clubs. Neil, we wish you obviously all the best with your coaching career. Um, and thank you ever so much for coming on. You've been watching Inside the Changing Room. Keep liking, subscribing and keep watching the channel. We've got plenty more guests coming on. You've been watching Inside the Changing Room.